It's those moments. It's those moments when you feel like you're up against something that you don't know if you can get past, where you feel defeated, discouraged, and there's that bit of fear that you don't know if you can do that thing. And you decide in that moment that you're going to cringe forward, that you're going to transition from a human being into a human becoming, that you decide that you want more and you're going to become more. Today, I have my friend, LaKendra. She's a master coach. She's going to share a little bit about who she is, what she does to be able to help provide that quality of life for people, to teach them how to coach so that she can make an impact for millions of people around the world. Hi. Good morning, LaKendra. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hello, cringy mom, Jen. <laughs> I'm so glad that Rub you're your glasses. here. I know. I was... I know. I saw yours this morning. I'm like, I need to put the readers on so that I can be rocking the um, fun glasses look just like you do. And one thing that I love about you, LaKendra, is that you are who you are, no matter where you are. It's that authenticity that you show up with. And I know that really kind of like plays a role in the coaching work that you do with people. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know, Jen, um, I didn't always used to be like this. Really? I yeah, man, I used to be like this little introverted, you know, very conservative type of person, you know what I mean? Until until I found life coaching. So life coaching has really helped me to just become me and be okay with it. Wow. That's fantastic. So what did, what, um, was there something specific that inspired you to be a life coach or some moment in your life that happened? You know, it's always been my journey. So, you know, my my professional background is is sociology and psychology. Um, I didn't know what life coaching was until, you know, about 16 years ago. I was in my PhD for psychology. You know, I was making that circle and but I was burnt out. I was tired of going to school and and I wasn't really making any significant change. Um, and I thought that I could do that in the, you know, in the field of, of sociology and psychology, but I was, um, having like this panic attack in the middle of the night and mm -hmm. I woke up out of my sleep. Like the panic attack was happening in my sleep and I woke up, it was probably about two or three o'clock in the morning and Judd Maxwell was on television and he said that he was a life coach and I was so intrigued by him. And that's when my journey started as, you know, life coaching. And I'm like, OK, what is this thing? Why didn't they tell me about this in college? You know, and uh, and I ended up dropping out of my Ph.D. program in psychology and and going on this, you know, this path of, of life coaching that really changed my life. Oh, that's fantastic. And I know there's a lot of people who are life coaches or say that they're a life coach. How has um, your background in sociology and psychology really helped you with life coaching? Um, it, because, you know, the, it's the study of people. It's the study of behavior. So because I have that background and, then, you know, 20 years of actually working in with criminal offenders and working with um, in mental health, you know, with adolescents um, that really suffer from an emotional disturbance. Like I have that background. Um, it, it has really just helped me to love people more. So mm -hmm. I really can say that my foundation of, you know, working, like really working in the field 
has expanded my heart to just know that we all go through something. You know what I mean? No one is perfect. And I don't care who you are. You're going to experience something in life that's going to knock you off of, you know, of your horse and kind of humble you where you have to really just look within and deal with yourself. And it just helped, it has helped me to just be patient with people and to just to have respect for whomever that's going through whatever, because I've worked with all types of people. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it, I'm trying to do like the comment thing. <laughs> <laughs> I you're don't know so, how to work all the buttons, but then I so like them me, it's like, like, what, what do I need to do? Like, if I do this over here, I'm going to, I'm going to like miss my train of thought. So, yeah, I know. And I'm like, and that's the ADHD coming through and you know, Chris, Christine, I love her. She's like some powerhouses showing up, which is fantastic. See, I pushed the wrong button right there, but you know what? That's okay. I really love how you've embraced who you are in your journey to be able to help other people. And something that I learned when, when I first met you is that you're helping certify life coaches, but it's a global thing. So tell me a little bit more about how you got involved in doing something worldwide. Yeah, you know, I'm just on a mission, um, Jen, of certifying 1 million life coaches around the globe because I think it takes a global effort to truly heal the world. And that sounds kind of cliche to say that, but it's real because I've been on this journey and I've seen it happen. I've seen, um, you know, just, you know, different cultures and um, all around the world just coming together and healing together. And it really causes a domino effect of, you know, because you see me heal and, and you see me as a black woman, right? And so I have a tribe in the Philippines as well. And just leading leading them and then me following them because it's a two-way street and watching them, them heal through some of the, the craziest things that I... I couldn't have ever imagined of being a part of, it makes healing sexy. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, if they can get through that, then I can get through that. And then when you see someone else from a different culture or a different background, they say, oh my gosh, if she can get through that, I can get through that. And it just causes this beautiful global domino effect. And we do it through life coaching because mm -hmm. life coaching gives you the responsibility of putting yourself first and taking care of your needs so you can blossom. I love that. Um, have you noticed anything that's different in the United States versus the people that you help globally when it comes to um, the issues that they face? We're, you know, globally, because, you know, the United States, this is a place to be. <laughs> you know, people, people risk their lives trying to get here, right? Like in real life, you know, and it's the vulnerable part of me because I've seen it. I've heard the stories of families trying to get here just to have a better quality of life. So the difference here versus other places um, that I that I work in with people that I work in is like they're so humble and they're they're just waiting for someone to help. They're waiting for the opportunity. And when they get the opportunity, they don't F over it. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be mindful on your, I'm going to be mindful. I know, I know, I know. I don't use the cursey words like some of my friends yeah, do, but especially with this live, I don't want to have to put like a little asterisk. Yes, it, they, so. they don't F over it. So um, what I've learned from other cultures is 
really took to to live a miracle like every every day i'm living a miracle because i have life and um and that's really the difference that you just you just learn how to appreciate life more because they don't have all that we have and, and i just appreciate every day of my life it's like a miracle Oh, I love that. And that attitude. I'm sure that there are days that you don't feel like it's a miracle and that you might struggle. Tell me what you've done to be able to kind of pull yourself out of that. Today, it, is, it didn't feel like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell oh my more. gosh. Okay. So I'm like in the worst pain right now. I, I injured my back and I actually have a doctor's appointment today. And I could have said, Jen, like, let me reschedule this with her. But what I've learned being a life coach is that you you show up no matter what, like you push through because you've made a commitment. And it's something about when you make a commitment to yourself and others, and then you show up for it and how it elevates your life. So even though I'm, I'm, I'm a little, you know, uncomfortable, I feel so good in this moment with you. And I know that something is happening in the universe where you know you're going to be blessed um, from it i'm going to be blessed from it and whoever is tuning in is going to be blessed from it so to cringe forward it's like no matter what you show up and you do the job and then oh, you go i take, love that and then you go take care of the things because my doctor's appointment is at two o'clock so i could have just wallowed in bed right i did my whole little TikTok video of like i'm still in bed but i have like less than an hour to get dressed um, and my energy is up and my spirit is up. And so now I'm up, you know, being productive. Oh, I love that. And I, I really believe that that connection that we have with other people, mm -hmm. that the energy and the people that we surround ourselves with can make a huge difference in how we feel and how we're present in our moment. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so surrounding yourself with people who are on that frequency that you want to be, that have those same core values and that vision of, 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 the potential of who they can become. Yeah. And that's the big thing. And also in dealing with mental health, you know, that's, that's a, that's the first thing I told someone who's struggling, who's in darkness, who feel like, you know, the, the world is like at that stop sign and they can't get past it. It's just to get up and move, just mm -hmm. get up and move and surround yourself you know, go outside and surround yourself with people because that's the reason why we were truly put here on this earth to inspire and to encourage and to help each other to keep moving forward. But if you stay in your house, if you stay, you know, if you have the, the, the covers over your head like I did this morning and, you know, you're you're in darkness, then you become that. You become the life that you create for yourself. So you have to, it's almost like reverse psychology. So it's like, even though I'm in pain, I can tell my body that I still feel good and until it's like, okay, do I need to keep her in pain or do we feel good? Like what is going on right, right now? So, so you just, you kind of have to play with your, yourself, right? Play with yourself and, and, and like go against the forces that may be against you in the current moment. So you just kind of play with that and you'll feel better. It sounds crazy, but I've been no. doing this for a very, very long time. No, I feel it. I call them gray robe days. I've got yeah. this long, like Jedi gray robe with like a hood on it and stuff. And there are some days where I'm in my bed and it's a gray robe day. And I just read my romance novel and I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. And I wallow. And it takes that decision. And I, I know because I've been there enough and sometimes it's more than a day in the gray robe 
that if I just get up and check my mail, you know, that I've got to get out of bed, that I've got to walk down my driveway, that I get the fresh air or it's snowing. And sometimes I can't even change out of the gray robe to go do it. Yeah. You know, so my neighbors are like, I don't know what she's doing out there in the gray robe, but getting out there and checking the mail, I've accomplished something. I've gotten outside. I have the movement. I've breathed that fresh air. And somehow just doing that one thing is enough to kind of shift your mindset. Yeah. And, and I know like as a, a uh, you know, a master coach and life coach school that you have, mindset's probably a huge part of what you do. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that really means to you? Yeah, because um, the, the mind is manipulative. <laughs> you know, it's probably right? one of <laughs> It lies. Yeah. And, and you can't hold it against yourself because it is, um, it is a, it's a history of everything, you know, from when you were in your mom's womb and everything that you received there from when you were born all the way up until this time. So there are a lot of things that, that are in your mind that you had no control of receiving. So when people are talking about mindset, they're talking about those belief systems that, that you have gained that may not belong to you. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm training and when I'm teaching, you know, people ask, well, how do you get rid of it? And how you get rid of it is really about, about, you know, understanding your feelings and your emotions, right? So it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I've been taught to do this or it's a, or it's a part of my heritage, you know, it's a part of my culture, but I don't mm -hmm. feel right doing it, right? So it's a feeling, it's like this cringiness, right? right? And then because now you're in awareness, now you can tell your mind, okay, this is something I don't like, so now I need to change it. And so you go through the process of like this exploration of making changes in your life around things that don't make you feel good, that don't that don't light you up and make you feel sexy. So so when you're dealing with mindset, it's really, really tough. And that's the reason why I teach about the heart. You know, they call me the heart expert. And if I can help you to activate your heart, then you can really conquer the mind faster much, much faster, because now you're feeling, because we turn our feelings off because, you know, throughout life, you know, we've been taught so many different things about being an emotional wreck. You know, no one wants to be an emotional wreck. So we cut off emotions where we don't really understand. It's like, I'm mad, but you're really not mad. You may be sad, but because you cut off sadness, now you just, you operate in this mad type of anger, but it really is just a sadness and it could be a sadness from many different things. It could be a sadness because of isolation or, you know, a breakup or whatever. So we're so disconnected with our with our purest emotions that it affect, affect us cognitively, honestly. And then because it affects us cognitively, we have all of this stimuli that happens in our mind that picks up on the emotion, the, 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 the emotion that, that's not truly representing us versus the, mo the emotion that should be representing us. So connecting to the heart helps you to, to control the emotions and really place you in a vulnerable moment that you need to be in. So when you wanna be sad, then you can just express that sadness and it doesn't have to elevate to anger, you know, and it's something I teach kids all the time because it's like, oh my gosh, she's angry. And then when you talk to the kid and really hear their story, it's like, 
no, she's really sad. So let's mm -hmm. help us. Let's help the, the child to connect to sadness so they can cry instead of scream or beat or, you know, really verbally <laughs> manipulate people um, or destroy people. So There's mindset is so powerful. It's so powerful. There's those stories that we tell ourselves and that we experience and everything. And more than that, too, I think you hit on a great point that there are some emotions that are more culturally and societally and uh, acceptable. Yeah. And, you know, and and some just, you know, you know, it's not OK to be mad or it's not OK to be sad or even if you feel those emotions, being able to express them to other people or be vulnerable or to show up authentically. Um, it's risky. Yeah. And and a lot of times it's not acceptable. What what have you done to really um show up authentically to set that example for other people? I feel my feelings. I feel my mm -hmm. emotions and I've learned to to just express it. Like I used to didn't cry. I went to therapy for it because I I didn't cry, right? Mm. Um and 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 yeah, I had to unblock that. So Y'all go to therapy. Okay. So, oh, everyone needs a coach and a therapist, right? That's what our. <laughs> so, I had to unblock that. And it was, and, and really where it came from, you know, because I'm so transparent, where it came from is because my mom was sad. Like, she, she went through mm. um, a time in her life where she was sad all the time. And I had to, I couldn't be sad too. Like I had to be strong to bring her out of her sadness because my mom, you know, suffered from clinical depression. So I just used to didn't cry because she cried all the time. Um, and so, but when I reconnected back to that emotion, it helped me to heal. Right. Because when you don't cry, when you are sad and you replace it with something else, what am I replacing it with? You know, I'm, I'm replacing it with anger. I'm replacing it with judgment. I'm replacing it, you know, with fear or whatever. So now when I'm sad, what, what coaching has taught me is being responsible for myself, being responsible for my emotions, because who I am becomes everything that, that's around me. So I just be responsible. So when I want to cry, I just cry. And it's so funny. Like I could be watching a commercial and I was just like, this is so cute. And I just cry in the commercial, you know, or cry at the movie or just, or whatever, just really just owning my feelings. Oh, and I cry all the time. I mean, I, my conversation I had last week with Jasmine Murphy, man, I had the tissues, I was bawling, you know, because she was talking about like her weight loss journey and being accepted and everything like that. And I, it really, her story really resonated. Yeah, it, it resonated with me. And, and showing up authentically online and being vulnerable, I think it helps give other people courage to do the same thing in their life. It gives yeah. them permission to see what it looks like and then to connect with it. Because what happens is when you first see it, if you're disconnected from it, when you first see it, it's like, why is she crying? Right. And then it hits you like, oh, my gosh. And that's that's how we're able to connect, you know, worldwide now. You know, we see one, you know, um, occurrence or something or um, event that happens on social media and we we are immediately drawn into and we don't understand why because that's an emotion that we're evoking it's energy that we're sharing and it's okay for you to just like sit and hold space with that so that's something else that i've learned like when i don't understand the emotion gen because i will say sometimes i don't even understand the emotion 
I just hold, mm-hmm. instead of judgment or dismissing it, I just hold space with myself and honor, like honor whatever is happening to me internally, because, you know, I also struggle with having a, um, an attention, attention hyperactivity disorder, um, ADHD. And so sometimes I can just have sadness, happiness, joy, excitement, anger can all hit me at one time. Right. So tell me a little bit more about holding space for something. Cause I know other people, what does that mean to you? Holding space is um, basically it's a moment. It's, it's a moment of honor. You know, if I if I had to just like shrink it down, it's a moment of honor for not having to, you know, give advice or, you know, add your two cent in when you're um, when someone is going through something. You know, for example, um, I have a friend who lost her son and it's been years and, you know, I know some people are saying like, oh, my gosh, she's reliving the moment, you know, and, and it's been years, you know, it's been, you know, I don't know, 10, eight, 10 years or something like that. And so what I did was I just sent her some flowers and just told her I'm I'm present. I'm present with you, you know, mm-hmm. feel whatever you need to feel and you don't have to feel it alone because I'm present with you, even though, you know, I'm not there in your home. So that space is just honoring, honoring a person's feeling without judgment, because you can't tell someone how to feel. That's not your Mm -hmm. job, because you wouldn't want anyone to tell you how to feel. It's almost like someone goes through a breakup and they're like, oh, my gosh, now they go from being happy to being suicidal. And it's like, that is just, that's over the top. Well, to the person, that event is traumatic for them. And we just need to honor them where they are so they can know someone is present and they're not judging them and they're just there. Right. And so um, holding spaces is, is like a um, it's an act of honor, honoring someone in the space that they're in without judgment until they feel better. Oh, I love that uh, because everyone does handle things differently. And sharing that story about the woman who's grieving, there's no timeline for that. There's no no experience. And, and you, and your experience being different than another person's too. I know a lot of times, especially, you know, around death or um, other traumatic events, you know, losing a job, Mm -hmm. you know, a relationship and everything like that. We have our own stories, our own experiences and not putting that on another person. Yeah. Um, be challenging at times or saying, I know how you feel, or, you know, have you tried this and having the advice and everything like that? What would you recommend if um, someone's encountering a person that they want to hold space with what they should do to be able to approach the situation or to show that empathy? Yeah, there's basically, that's it. You're just showing empathy being present. So, Um, if it's, if it's in a physical environment, you know, it could be a hug. It could be, um, a touch on the, on the shoulder and just saying, I'm, I'm with you, you know, as you're going through, you know, whatever emotions and it's okay. And then there's, and there's no talking. It's just you being present. When my friend, the same friend, when her, when her son first passed away, um, on the, on that weekend, like I didn't know how to help her. So I just packed up a bag and went to her house and stayed with her the whole weekend. And we never talked. She stayed mm-hmm. in one room and I, and I was just there. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like a, 
the next, the highest level of support that you can give someone. Because what we tend to do is offer A through all of our advice. It's like, you know, or I'll fix through. you a meal. I want to yeah, do it. Like, I want to do I want to And you're going to get through this and all of this stuff. And sometimes silence is the best healing with presence. It's like, just be here with me and honor that I'm grieving or I'm going through whatever and allow me to find my own way out of it. But I know that I'm going to be safe because you're here. I love that. Um, knowing that you're not alone. I think that's one of those core, you know, values that people need. They need that sense of belong, belonging, connection, and, and knowing that they're not alone in their journey. Yeah. So. And you can do it virtually. So I do holding space um, workshops where, with leaders, you know, because who look after leaders? Like <laughs> the strong people. It's like get in here, get in this container. I call it a container. And I lock the container because it's a safe space where you can be vulnerable and not judge. And then I may pose a question of what is something that you want to release, you know, from your week or whatever. And then I go around and everybody release that into the container and we just sit and hold space for each other. Oh, I love that. So now if someone wants to be able to get a hold of you, Lakendra, they want to be able to do that with you to hold space or learn more about your life, life coaching school program. How can they do that? Yeah. So I am all on social media. Um, I'm on um, Facebook and Instagram under Jice, G-I-C-E loves. So it's Jice loves all, you know, one word on Facebook and Jice underscore loves on Instagram. Um, when you connect with me on Facebook or Instagram, it'll also direct you to, you know, the website. If you're here locally in Dallas, Texas, it'll direct you to my office. It gives you my phone number. So that's the easiest way to find me. Oh, I love that. And Christine says, I never really thought about it. You said strong people hold space for others. And isn't that the truth? And I think that being vulnerable doesn't mean that we have to be perfect or strong all the time. So no. thank you so much for, for taking this time, not only for me, but sharing with other people. And um, I just want to take a moment and let you know that your voice has value, your message has meaning, and you deserve to be seen and heard. That it's not just um, showing up, it's showing up authentically. And I love how LaKendra shared that you can be vulnerable and just be yourself. If that's something that you want to do more on social media and you want a safe space to be able to do that, you can join my Cringe Forward community. You can go to cringeforward.com. It's $9 a month to be able to show up more authentically online. And it's a community for women to show up cringe and all and have that area to be able to practice and have accountability for what they're doing. Next week, we're going to have the opportunity to talk to Nahaku McFadden, and she's going to share a little bit about her journey as a PR uh, representative for the military and what that has been able to do for her and how she's been able to serve other people. Have a, have a fantastic week, and I'll chat with you later.